0: Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week another episode in fascism in fiction. This week I'm continuing a mini-mini-series about fascist movies, that is, movies that fascists tend to like, or at least, you know, that people on the right wing tend to like. This week I'm talking about the movie Joker, a 2019 movie directed by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. This is a period piece set in the early 1980s, and the premise is that it shows the rise of the iconic Batman villain without Batman himself, although we do eventually see a young Bruce Wayne. This was an extremely successful movie, winning almost a billion dollars at the box office. This is despite its R-rating. Usually R-rated movies get less money than that, right? And it eventually won Joaquin Phoenix the Best Actor Oscar. That's two people playing as the Joker... Got the Oscar so far, right after Heath Ledger's supporting win for The Dark Knight. Joaquin Phoenix's win also robbed Jonathan Price's completely insane, like totally perfect, 100% amazing performance as Cardinal Bergoglio, who eventually became Pope Francis. I mean, this is just like a truly uncanny performance in The Two Popes. I highly recommend watching that movie instead of The Joker. Now, a little background for those of you who don't know, the Joker is Batman's most central villain in his comic book universe. The Joker's sobriquet is the clown prince of crime. He is a character whose appearance is based on the lead actor from the 1928 melodrama The Man Who Laughs, a German movie about a man whose face is surgically altered to be in a permanent, fixed, and horrifying grin. That is how the Joker is usually depicted. His face is also usually extremely white like from powder, you know, like a clown mask or clown makeup. The character of the Joker is supposed to be in the antithesis of Batman. Batman is overly serious, and his backstory is firmly established. Conversely, the Joker revels in chaos and disorder, and doesn't care about his origins. This has firmly entrenched arguments about the two characters' psychologies and archetypes, you know, order and chaos as the basis for countless YouTube rants and college dorm room conversations throughout the world. The 2019 Joker is essentially a play on a lot of these tropes about order and chaos and, you know, what people deserve from their society. It's also essentially a remake of two extremely good Martin Scorsese movies, Taxi Driver, which I will get to later in another movie review about, you know, movies that fascists really like, and The King of Comedy. These two movies also star Robert De Niro, who also stars in The Joker. This movie is set in classic 1980s New York, you know, Gotham City, but whatever. It's full of graffiti, it's full of gangs, wanton violence. It's the early 80s, so there is an economic downturn, which most people forget about as being part of the early Reagan era. Was Reagan the president in the DC universe? I don't know. Anyway, so, this is like everything that suburban white people imagine as the nightmare of city life. You know, it's a dangerous, scary place where you could get killed at any moment and where roving gangs of people just like beat up people for no reason and blah, 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 blah. The plot is about a down on his luck and chronically mentally ill man who works as a clown and as a failed stand up comedian. That's Joaquin Phoenix. He lives with his mother and also has delusional visions of a like sort of budding romantic relationship with a woman who lives in his building. This is also, as far as I can recall, the only character who is a person of color other than his social worker, his assigned social worker. We don't learn that this woman that he believes he's in a relationship with is actually not in a relationship with him until later in the movie, but it's also very, very clearly telegraphed, so, you know, um, whatever. He's eventually fired from his job as a clown when it's discovered that he had a revolver on him that he brought into a hospital. You know, he bought it, he claimed, for self-defense because he'd gotten beaten up by, again, one of these constantly roving gangs of people. He then eventually kills three men on the subway with this revolver, two of them apparently in self-defense and one maliciously. These people turn out to have been employees of the Wayne Corporation. And again, that's two recent Batman movies about how shitty the Wayne family is and how terrible Wayne Corp is. This is, you know, the other one is from The Batman, the most recent Batman movie. I guess the idea is that except for Bruce Wayne himself, the Waynes have to be bad because people don't like billionaires anymore. You know, I don't exactly know how they're going to keep triangulating that particular one. That's That's a tough needle to thread. No, no. Eventually, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker becomes obsessed with the idea that his father is Thomas Wayne, aka Bruce Wayne's father. This, however, turns out to be false. He also eventually learns that his mother is not his biological mother. He steals his mother's records from a hospital where she is staying. His mother is chronically ill. And it turns out that his mother falsified all of these things and adopted him and lied to him about where he had come from, when she was working at the Wayne Manor as a housekeeper. It's her who became obsessed with Thomas Wayne and implanted this idea in her adopted son. She's also been controlling and manipulating him with mental illness medication for his entire life. He, at this point in the movie, is also off of this medication because the program has been cut. This is another ham-fisted statement about, you know, the way things are, like big 80s energy, right? Because of this revelation, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker kills his mother by smothering her at the hospital. And at the same time, his terrible stand-up performances air on late-night TV. These are hosted by Robert De Niro's character. Meanwhile, there's big unrest brewing in Gotham City, and the protesters, who seem to just sort of like be rage incarnate, like they don't seem to want anything? I don't know. These people start to use clown masks to show their discontent. I guess they were inspired by him or like by his murders of the businessmen or something. Mm, Whatever. Eventually, he, that is Joaquin Phoenix, is invited onto Robert De Niro's late night talk show to reproduce his terrible stand up comedic acts, right, for 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 yucks on on the TV. He comes dressed as a clown and asks to be introduced as the Joker, which, you know, is your your title drop moment. He then goes off on a terrible 4chan-style rant about how society is bad and it's hurt him and it's unfair and blah, 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 and how nobody understands him and yada, yada. And then he kills the talk show host, that is, he shoots Robert De Niro, he shoots another person, he starts a big old riot in the street. These rioters kill Bruce Wayne's parents, dun, 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 setting up a sequel, because I guess that's what they were doing. Eventually, he is released from the cops who take him after he, you know, shot Robert De Niro on live television. They take him, and then the rioters pick him up from the street, and he rides away triumphantly, right? At the end of the movie, he ends up in a mental hospital being treated for his mental illness, but he doesn't seem interested in it and is sort of like fully self-actualized at this point. He has spent the entire movie trying to get other people to laugh, and at the, the conclusion of the movie, he is laughing quietly to himself, uh, to a joke in his head. His therapist asks him what's so funny, and he says, you wouldn't get it, right? You know, he's, he's been self-actualized at this point. So at its core, this is a movie about a downtrodden wild guy as the central victim of 1980s social decay. It's about how his social place has been denied him, how he is being denied success, how all of the women in his life have rejected Or manipulated him right there's a there's a big scene in the movie where he goes into his neighbor's apartment because of his delusions that they have some sort of connection when of course his neighbor doesn't know him at all and finds him kind of creepy and his mother doesn't deserve him you know she's been manipulating him all this time it's about how he's not recognized for his like genius i guess but his genius is in starting big old incoherent riots that don't seem to be about anything Ultimately, the movie holds up as its hero, a man who kills over the course of the movie like six or seven people, you know, three business people. He killed some coworkers. That's not super relevant to the plot. I didn't talk about it. He kills his mom. He kills some people on TV. And the claim of the movie, not just the claim of the character, but the claim of the film is that the character, he did this because of society. You know, society did this to him. And moreover, his claim is that the people that he killed deserved to die in his own words, these people will, quote, get what they deserve, right? Now, the mob that the Joker has incited to violence seem to be just violent, right? They don't want anything. They're not a movement with demands. They're just an expression of urban rage, which the Joker himself is the, like, paradigmatic example of. He's the avatar of this, like, incoherent urban violence and just anger, It's just what happens in society after it decays, right? This is a reminder that Batman, at its core, the whole premise of the whole thing is that urban life is a dying evil thing, right? That it corrupts people, that it fucks up people, that city life is always gross and disgusting and that, you know, parents die and everybody gets left alone and it's full of serial killers and it's always nighttime and it's also always raining and blah, 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 right? All of these tropes that would be jokes if people didn't take them so seriously, right? If they weren't founded in what a lot of people in the United States consider urban life to be. This is also an extremely terrible depiction of movements in general, right? This is a sort of unthought, meaningless, and directionless violence that movies often give us when they should be showing us some kind of movement, right? Movies simply don't know how to explain actual social movements, right? We get a meandering street riot rather than a movement to restart the mental health coverage that the main character lost, for example, right? The movement is not about like devolving the powers of Wayne Corp and its money to the people of Gotham City. It's just like they're just mad, they're just angry, you know? They're mad as hell and they aren't going to take it anymore, right? That's all that movies can show us. They don't know how to show actual political organizing because that's sort of like, you know, slow and takes a long time and maybe not extremely dramatic, right? As most critics have said also, one of the worst aspects of this movie is that the main female characters only exist to hurt the Joker, right? They only exist to provide social wrongs that he can complain about and be the victim of. This is principally his mother, who is responsible for raising him terribly and giving him all of these mental illnesses and conditions, right? The other female character is his neighbor, who exists only to not want to fuck him, right? That's that's all that she does in it, to be a woman who doesn't love him. We don't know anything about her, we don't know anything about her life. We don't know anything about who she really is. All we get is just that she's a woman that he's become obsessed with that doesn't know anything about him. I can guarantee you that that the terrible misogynist aspects of this plot are not going to be better in the upcoming sequel to this movie. And that's what I'm going to gonna end on here. There is a sequel to this movie coming out. It's called Joker, Folie a And it stars alongside Joaquin Phoenix, recurring his role as Joker. It also stars Lady Gaga, who will be playing the Joker's abused partner, Harley Quinn. Now, if you are unfamiliar with this character, she is a mental health professional who works with the Joker, who becomes manipulated by him. She becomes manipulated by his own mental illness and his like genius, I guess, in order to fall in love with him and also commit a bunch of crimes with him, it's 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 sort of like Stockholm syndrome, except that he's the he's the prisoner, right? He's he's in a mental institution, and she becomes enamored of him and like gets sucked into his twisted mental universe. I, I really doubt that Hollywood is gonna be able to handle that particularly well or deftly, or to make her a real character, or to to really show the horror of that. Like, cause that's a horror movie, right? That's that's not a that's not a comic book movie, it's not a psychological thriller. It's a horror movie. I I don't know. I I, I am I am not I am not excited about this. Ultimately, the Joker is another example of at best a sort of middle brow movie whose whole message is like maybe society is the problem that people consider to be too deep, and then they stop there. This is at the same time as the movie's real terrible misogynist and like unsystematic thinking content seeps into the viewers and gets them to think about society in this way this is part of the reason that at the time that it came out and still to this day members of the right wing throughout the world this is the united states the united kingdom all over the place hold it up as an example of the kind of movie that they want to see and unfortunately a lot of other people want to see it too all right that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com 15 Minutes of Fascism. That's 15 Minutes of Fascism spelled out in all one word. That's also where you can reach me on Gmail, 15MinutesOfFascism at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at histoftheright, that's H-I-S-T of the right, and fascism15. All right, thanks, and I'll talk to you Thursday.